Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But the whole world lies in sway of the wicked one. We live in a fallen world, but we are to be lights in this world. Don't let yourself be discouraged. Remember the end game. Remember that this world system is ultimately going to be judged by Jesus Christ. And ultimately, even though the devil has a hold on this world and on the world system, we know that ultimately the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. And all they that dwell therein, they all belong to him ultimately. Welcome, everyone, to today's Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. If we are born of Him, we are separated from the world. We are no longer under the sway of the wicked one, though the whole world still is. Knowing this means we can be free to be what we are in Jesus and separate ourselves from the world system that is in rebellion against Him. That's why Jesus tells us in the book of John, chapter 3, that we must be born again. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. And of course you know, even nationally, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 7, remember when Jerusalem and Judah was being besieged by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians? There was a time when Jeremiah was praying and interceding for the nation, and God interrupted him in Jeremiah chapter 7. It says, you know what, Jeremiah, don't even pray. Don't pray for them. Judgment's coming. As for individuals, I believe it's also true for a nation. There came a point when Jerusalem and Judah had gone so far. It already happened to their northern ten neighbors, remember? Because in 722 B.C., they were taken, the northern ten tribes, into Assyria. Captive. Now it was Judah and Benjamin's turn. They didn't turn from their sin that they saw. They encouraged it. They, they continued doing it. And God says, their, their, their time is coming. And they did not repent. They did not repent. And there came a time when God says, it's too late for them. Don't even pray anymore. And boy, that's a shocker, isn't it? Because we don't like to ever think that God would say, it's not, don't even pray. <laughs> but there was a sin unto death for Jerusalem. And that was it. God says, don't even pray for them. Judgment's coming, but you can spare their life, Jeremiah. Tell them to submit to Babylon. Tell them to submit to Nebuchadnezzar. Go into captivity. Be obedient and and go into captivity. Don't resist them. You resist them, you're going to die. Nationally, 
They went through struggles, sin unto death. And certainly in the New Testament, one of the greatest examples we know is with Ananias and Sapphira. Remember, at the very beginning of the church, God had that right to set things in in, in motion and and start with with purity and holiness. And what what, what happened in the life of Ananias and Sapphira, if if that were to happen in the church today, this, this might not happen where God would deal with someone like that, like he dealt with them. But in the very beginning, he, he wanted to uh, put forth this, this gravity, this, this sense of, uh, uh, of newness, this, this purpose for the church, to make it holy, to make it right. And Ananias and Sapphira, they, they heard about Barnabas selling some land, and he gave all the proceeds to the poor in Jerusalem. So they had the bright idea. Well, let's do the same thing, because, man, he's getting a lot of attention. So they sold some land, and instead of giving all of it, they gave back a part of it. But that wasn't the problem. Your money is yours to keep. God doesn't, you don't have to give him anything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He spoke everything into existence. Does he need it? The very materials that gold bars are laid up in Fort Knox, he's like, that means nothing to me. He doesn't need your money. He He didn't need their money. We need money to pay the bills. We need money to send out missions. Certainly we need those things. But ultimately God doesn't care about so much about your money. He cares about you. And so when he starts the church in its infancy, he has to judge this. And this was a sin unto death for Ananias and Sapphira because they claimed that they were giving everything. Oh, so benevolent. Oh, my goodness. Giving everything. We've, yeah, we've given everything. Yeah, everything. Everything, really. Seriously, really. We've given everything, I think. Yeah, we've given most of it. No, we've given everything. It was the hypocrisy that God, he judged immediately. It was a sin unto death for them. And they both were carried out. Because of their hypocrisy, God has the right to do that. Sometimes God will allow a believer who has not crucified an area of their flesh for their life to be taken before they further fall away or stumble the rest of the church, and especially those who are younger in the faith. It's true. Some examples, and I've seen this in, in my own life. If you, if you have taken drugs in the past, like heroin, and you've come out from under the bondage of it, and then a few years later you decide to try it again because you think you can handle it, and you presume upon the grace of God that he has given you to kick it the first time, and your life is taken. You presume upon what he has given you before, and now you start to flirt with it again, and you end up losing your life. You see, on the street... Heroin is laced with, a lot of times, fentanyl, with other amphetamines. And none of this stuff is, is regulated because it's illegal. It's illegal, and I'm not saying that we should legalize it either. But it's, uh, it's laced, and sometimes these people get these hot shots, and they die instantly. There's, there's people all around me in Penfield. One man who walks his dog in front of my house every day. One time I talked to him. His son, 21 years old, was struggling with heroin. And finally he died at 21 years of old. He got a hot shot. Somebody laced the, the heroin to make it, you know, uh, to give more substance, m- more of the heroin. They, they mix it with other things. And none of this stuff is, you know, I don't know what will happen. What will happen to you if you take it? These things happen all the time in America. They happen every single day. What about the believer who flirts around with pornography and elicits sex? Starts off as with the magazines and then the movies. And then pretty soon, that's not good enough. 
you got to act those things out. There is a progression. And boy, the room got really quiet. (laughs) Serious. It's serious, guys. And ladies, you have your own issues. The man who flirts with these things and has an extramarital affair, and then one day he contracts the AIDS virus, and he infects his wife. There was a time, I'm not sure the status of AIDS anymore about the cure. They can slow it down significantly, but it's a sin unto death. So we need to be careful. In verse 17, he says, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. And those are the things that aren't perhaps as as, as grave, as serious as others. I don't know, I think of sexual promiscuity and I think of drug abuse as being, or maybe you're a kleptomaniac, maybe you like to steal things, and maybe you like to rob banks. Well, that could be a sin leading to death because you break into a bank and there is a police officer there that you didn't know in plain clothes and he shoots you. You're dead. Your sin has left you. A sin unto death. Let's finish out the letter now, and the, the, the topic changes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. The idea behind this is uh, whoever is born of God does not sin. It doesn't mean that he doesn't sin, but he's, it, it means he's not going to continue in a progression. He's not going to continue in a habitual action. You may, be, you may have issues of habitual sin, but eventually, Lord, hopefully the Lord will get a hold of your heart. But it's somebody who continues and continues, and they're being convicted and convicted, and they continue to c- c- go forward in this thing. They continue. We know that whoever is born of God is not going to continue for very long because their heart is either going to break under the conviction and the weight of the sin, or God may just take you home. Because you may be a believer, but if you don't kick that thing, he has the right to say, you know what, I've got to take you home because I know it's not going to get any better for you. So in my grace, I'm going to take you home. Early. I've seen it happen. Have you seen it happen? I've heard of it happening. I've seen it happening. And he who guards, he who has been born of God keeps himself. The idea is guards or takes care of, preserves himself, keeping an eye on it. It implies like a fortress. Guys, ladies, are you doing that? Are you keeping a guard? Are you keeping yourself from the wicked one? You know the things that are tough for you. You know the things that you have a propensity to do. We're all aware of our own issues. Guard yourself. Guard yourself. How do you do that? You get into the word. You fill your head with other things. And we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one there is a word, poneros. Poneros. It's the same word that we hear in Matthew 6 when Jesus, in his model prayer, he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Same word. Deliver us from this Lord. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. There it is again, the Paneros. The whole world lies in sway of the wicked one. See, we live in a fallen world and you all know that. But that doesn't mean that we just let it affect us. No, we are meant to be a light in this world, right? Isn't that that what Jesus said? You are now the light of the world. Let your light so shine that people will see your good works and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
That's what we are to be. And you know, we just put up our Christmas tree yesterday. And it's a, it's a prickly. It, it, last year's Christmas tree was this prickly thing. I'm, 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 this thing had like needles. And I reached my hand in to do anything, and it just stuck me. I was bleeding. This thing was so bad. It came from like the, the ground of Satan. It was the most horrible thing. I felt like I was getting beat up. I looked like I'd been in a fight with MS-13 when we were decorating this thing. Ah, but the tree we got yesterday, we call it Fuzzy the Fraser Fir. Because the branches, the, 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 the needles on it are so gentle, and you can, you, you, can, you, know, you can run it this way, and it's fine, even backwards, no problem. It doesn't even hurt at all. And I'm like jumping around the Christmas tree. My point is, I had no idea what that was for. No, we're to be lights. And there's my point. We're to be lights in the world. Think of that Christmas tree. Jesus said, I am the the vine and you are the branches. As you look at your Christmas tree, if you put one up at all, think of it this this year and and point it out to your family, your unbelieving friends, your, your kids. Use it as a tool. The middle of that tree is a is a is a stem, right? The trunk of the tree is Jesus. We get all of our nutrients from him. He says, you are the light of the world. You are my branches. I am the vine. You are the branches. The branches get their sustenance from the trunk. He is our sustenance. And then we are to be, you know, the lights on the tree. You can think of that as being your witness. The witness that you have of Christ. Your life being a very demonstration of the Spirit of God in you. Those are the lights on those branches. The decorations. The thing that looks beautiful. When you look at a tree, I think of the beauty of it. And see, that's what we should be. Beauty. Beautiful. But the whole world lies in sway of the wicked one. We live in a fallen world, but we are to be lights in this world. Don't let yourself be discouraged. Remember the end game. Remember that this world system is ultimately going to be judged by Jesus Christ. And ultimately, even though the devil has a hold on this world and on the world system. We know that ultimately the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness and all they that dwell therein, they all belong to him ultimately. But for a time, we see the devil and his minions working out and creating this, all the strife and this ugly stuff that we see all around us and in, even inside of us. That's why you must be born again. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. It's not even an option. You must be born again. Being a good person is not good enough. It's not good enough. There are many people who have knocked on the door of heaven, so to speak. (laughs) They've died and they've, you know, I mean, this is not really the way it is, but just bear with me. They die and they go and they approach God and say, you know, look at all the things that I've I've done. I've, I've I've given every week to the church. I've done all these great deeds. And Jesus said, but you never believed in my son. You believed in your traditions. You believed in things that aren't even in my word. You have, no, you, have, you have not the witness of Christ in you. The spirit of God is not in you. Therefore, you're not one of mine. Depart from me. I never knew you. Boy, that's hard. But that is the truth. You must be born again. Verse 20 says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him. The word is gnosko. It means an ongoing, abiding uh, 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 understanding, a faith, a growing in a relationship. 
to know something, and it grows. It's not just something like, well, I know that 2 plus 2 is 4. That's a static fact, isn't it? But to know somebody, this word is really important. To know God, to know Him. As you are walking in Christ, as you're being sanctified daily, as you're walking with Him, God is doing things in your life. He's shaping you, and you're abiding in Him, and you're praying, and you're, you're, you're coming to Bible study, you're coming to church, and you're fellowshipping, and you're growing. Praise the Lord for that. Continue that. Because you will be more blessed as a result, and you will know God as a result of all those things. You're going to know Him incrementally, exponentially. You're going to know Him experientially, as time goes on, and your life is going to be more fruitful, more fruitful. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us eternal, or given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, and notice, he even personifies eternal life, because eternal life is not just a, a, a length of time, it is a person. Eternal life is a person. Isn't that what it said in the very first chapter of this epistle that we're wrapping up this morning? In First John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. And it was manifested in the, in the way of Jesus Christ. He is eternal life. Isn't that what he said to Mary and Martha the day Lazarus, Lazarus died? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am eternal life. Jesus is eternal life. And finally, he ends this epistle. And this almost seems a little out of place, doesn't it? He says, little children is just an affectionate term from a master to his children, to his pupils, to his subjects. At this time, John being a very aged man, a very old man, looking down upon the new upstarts, the new believers in Christ, looking at them. And he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. In that time, there were a lot of idols. And you know, we often think of idols and the little statues and the things that people bow down to. And, and believe it or not, people still do that today. However, don't limit it to that because there are idols also of people. We can idolize a person. I remember a young lady who idolized a man and was not and, and strove and strove and strove until she had that man. She would do anything, she would say anything. There was an idol in her heart, and it was marriage. She wanted it so bad. She had to be married. It was an idol. There's nothing wrong with marriage, is there? No, there isn't. But when it becomes the only thing on the radar screen, everything is filtered in through that one thing. Boy, the heart is a, is a strange thing, isn't it? Our idols can be different things. They can be a person. You could look at a spouse and, you know, or a, a potential spouse and you idolize them. We can idolize our jobs. It can be an idol. It's, it's a thing that we'll do anything to keep. We can idolize a car. We can idolize a building. We can idolize a house on the lake. Whatever it may be. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. He says, amen. Amen. Be encouraged today. Don't be discouraged. It was a hard message early on. But folks, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for each other. One thing I like about having a, a body this small that we have, a megachurch doesn't have this opportunity 
I pray that we never become a mega church. I don't think we would, but I'm glad that we're not. How can you know 3,000, 4,000, 7,000, 10,000 people? I mean, certainly there's an inner core, and they, they, you know, but it's like a city. <laughs> I like the fact that we can know each other much better. We can invest in each other's lives. And listen, you're going to make mistakes. In fellowship, as we grow, we're going to hurt each other. Sometimes intentionally, most of the time unintentionally. But let's grow in grace. Let's grow in love. Forgive each other. Get it right. Don't just leave in a huff. Anybody can do that. Have you seen that? There's some churches that are just like, the, the doors are revolving. They might as well put one of those, uh, what do they call those things at Macy's? The, what do they call it? Turnstile or whatever that thing is. Sometimes I've just wanted to put a gallon of paint in there and take the lid off and go. Just because I'm mischievous and a male. However, some churches are like that. People get offended over the little thing, over a little thing. Oh, they didn't, they didn't say hi to me. I'm leaving this church. I don't like the key that the worship team did that song in. I'm used to it being done in E. How dare they do it in C? Little things. We got a big God who wants to do big things in your heart and in my heart. Will you let him? Will you let him love you? Will you be a lover of God and a lover of people? And why don't we stand? You know, and just take this message this morning. And again, pray for each other. Be honest with one another. Don't hide anymore. Let our fellowship be that. True koinonia. True koinonia means investing time, energy, resources even. Let's love each other. Let's not be hypocrites. Love each other the best we can, and we're going to make mistakes. And for those of you who are on the bitter end of the mistake, don't run off. Get it right. Tell somebody if they've offended you and get it right. Do it in love. Pray about it. Work through it. People don't work through anything anymore. They don't work through relationships anymore. Why is that? Christ would have you work through it. There's where you grow. There's where your faith and our love deepens. Don't just check out and do the easy thing. And boy, the devil loves it when you do the easy thing. I'm out of here. Do the hard thing. Get on your knees, pray, and love each other enough to tell each other the truth. That's what this verse 16 and 17 is all about. You see a a brother or sister uh, involved in a sin, not unto death, warn them, love them, tell them the truth, lovingly, prayerfully. And if you see somebody who's flirting with some really heavy-duty things that could end their life, certainly you can pray for them. You know, John says, you know, sometimes you don't even know what they are. You know, you don't have to pray, you know, I'm not saying that you should have to pray for that, but you know what? You just pray. If you see somebody who's involved in those things, pray, pray, pray. Let's be a praying people again. Pray, folks, pray. God, is. he wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, we thank you for this time. Please, Lord, um, do this work in each of our lives, God. You are such a good heavenly Father, and Lord, we need every ounce of everything that you have for us, Lord, please, Lord, pour out your spirit upon us. Help us to love one another and to love each other, to tell sometimes even the hard things. And encourage when we see the good things too, Father. Help us to be encouragers. Give us all the gift of exhortation. 
Give us all those wonderful gifts, Lord, that the body could be working together and fitting together well. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.